I'm Luke Story. I'm Christine Loria. I'm Natasha Kingsbury. I'm Angie Check. I am Dr. Aaron Eugene McMorrow. I'm Ben Joseph Stewart. I'm Bliss Young. I am Dr. Jacob Egbert. I'm Kyle Kingsbury. I'm Lily Nichols. I'm Mark Groves. I'm Sarah Gustafson. I'm Jesse Golden. I'm Dr. Stuart Fishbein. I'm Marin Green. I'm Kelly Brogan, MD. Hi, this is Kimberly Ann Johnson. Je m'appelle Rick Safris, et c'est le podcast du Gidecolo Holistique. Hello, I'm Paul Check, and this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. I am Dr. Nathan Riley. I'm an OBGYN, left the system a long time ago, and I've been building this podcast in a practice that truly helps people acknowledge the more nuanced experience of being human. And that leads to better fertility, better pregnancy outcomes, a better postpartum experience, helping people transition through the portal into parenthood, which is one of the most sacred rites of passage that we ever experience. And then all the way through life into menopause. That's everything that I do. And I've found certain products along the way that really sustain me. They really, really help me rebalance my nervous system, rebalance with the integrity that I want to show up in the world, not only just as a doctor, but also as a dad, as a partner, as a son, as a brother, as a friend. And one of those products, I haven't found a product like this ever but one of the products that has become a mainstay of my sort of self-care is Feel Free. It's made by a company called Botanic Tonics. And J.W. Ross, my guest today, is the guy behind the entire operation. I met J.W. at Paul Check's 60th birthday party back in 2021. And immediately you, you know that this guy has something figured out, but he's also worked through quite a bit in his own life in coming to a place where he now has this incredibly successful brand. So I brought him on the show to talk a little bit about Kava, about Kratom, the two primary active components of Feel Free, and really sort of about the future of this. Why is this important to people? What you'll hear is that Feel Free is a very, very useful adjuvant to coming off of chronic opioid use, getting out of addictive patterns, and really just being your best self. It's also incredibly, it makes your sex life even better believe it or not, which I spoke about in my interview with Angela Bryant a couple months back. Angela's one of the reps. She's a rep in Austin for Feel Free. So I wanted to bring JW on and talk about Feel Free. And I think as a segue, of course, we can't do the show without our sponsors. I wanted to highlight how I use Feel Free in my life. So when I wake up in the morning, what's your morning ritual? Well, mine starts with putting on pants and then kissing my wife, and then kissing my baby, and then hopefully our toddler isn't awake yet. I'll go down and make coffee. I'll blend in some Laird's Superfood Creamer, some grass-fed butter, some MCT oil from Onnit. I will blend in a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of salt, maybe some collagen. Collagenius is a great product from Bioptimizers that I can tell you about. It's a fully loaded coffee. And then I get moving a little bit. I oftentimes will go through some movement practices. I'm rehabbing a shoulder injury with the help of Mike Salemi. If you don't know Mike, his podcast, The Path, is incredible, especially for any men out there who want to become better men. I was on his show. We talked about fatherhood because he and his wife, Lauren, or his fiance, Lauren, are expecting their first baby, who's a boy, to be named Luca. 
in the coming months. He's helping me rehab my shoulder. So I go through my whole rehab program. I will do some spiritual exercises through my study of anthroposophic medicine. This time of year, it's winter. I will do a little cold plunge perhaps as well. I try to get all of this done before the family wakes up. And then I will crack open a bottle of Feel Free. You have to shake it up really, really well. Take a little sip of that and I'll sip it throughout the day. I also then will start to incorporate some of the other brands that have become a part of my mainstay. And the one big one is Organifi. So Organifi makes this product called their green juice. And Drew Canole and his team only use non-GMO, USDA organic, glyphosate-free, gluten-free ingredients. So I feel very, very good drinking it. Take a scoop, mix it into a shaker, and that will be the first real calories, so to speak, that I get. The reason I like their green juice is that it has ashwagandha, which is an adaptogenic, Ayurvedic, very, very ancient herb. Moringa, it's another tropical plant, but it has vitamins, minerals, amino acids, antioxidants. It's loaded, helps you replenish your body and get your body going in the morning. Spirulina, it's nutrient dense. This is a blue green algae, has an anti-inflammatory effect through its antioxidant properties. It's energizing, it's alkalizing. It's packed with goodness. You've heard about spirulina, I'm sure. Chlorella, this is another algae that's rich in essential vitamins, minerals, and chlorophyll, which is a potent detoxifying antioxidant that you generally find in plants. Interestingly, it's how they convert sunlight into sugar. And of course, they also add coconut water, which provides you with a bunch of electrolytes, especially potassium. It hydrates you first thing in the morning whenever you have just spent eight hours, hopefully. Hopefully, you're sleeping eight to nine hours a night. That's critical. Helps you hydrate after that long sleep. Wheatgrass, another plant that's rich in antioxidants, vitamins, minerals. Red beet, loaded, loaded with vitamin B as a complex. Some matcha green tea, so you get a little perk without the jitteriness of coffee. Get a little perk, again, some more antioxidants, again, from the power of plants. Turmeric, a known antioxidant-rich plant. Lemon, there's some prebiotics to support your gut. Green juice is a mainstay. It's a part of my morning routine. You can go to Organifi.com slash beloved. You'll save 20% on their green juice. And while you're there, it's still the time of year for a limited time only. They've got their gold chocolate latte and get some red juice while you're there, which is my afternoon blend. So another thing that I take daily in the morning is fish oil. So Full Well Fertility is one of our sponsors and they make the best prenatal vitamin on the market. They make a men's virility vitamin, which is hands down the best way to support an already healthy lifestyle if you're on your fertility journey. Remember, Ben, 40 to 50% of fertility challenges are due to our poor sperm count, motility, morphology, etc. So I will take a men's virility vitamin. We're not going to have any more kids because I'm post-vasectomy, but I take their men's virility vitamin because it's giving me some additional nutrition first thing in the morning. So I know that I'm going to be showing up the best, whether I'm podcast interviewing or I'm taking care of my kids, I'm at the gym, whatever. And they have a fish oil. The fish oil is another mainstay of my therapy. Keep your fish oil refrigerated. I certainly do that. I include the fish oil, men's virility vitamin, and the full well fertility vitamin, along with their nourishers tonic in every one of my PRP packages, which I will tell you a little bit about at the end of the show. If you want to try full well, go to fullwellfertility.com. Code Beloved10 will get you 10% off. And then lastly, we've got bioptimizers. I mentioned they're Collagenius, basically a collagen product mixed with some functional mushrooms. I blend that into my coffee every day. Bioptimizers has a wide range of incredible products. I always talk about their sleep breakthrough, their blood sugar breakthrough, which I take before big, heavy, carb-rich meals. Magnesium breakthrough can help you with sleep. It also just helps with the general magnesium deficiency that many of us are experiencing nowadays. Bioptimizers has it all. 
go to bioptimizers.com slash holistic OBGYN and you'll save 10% on their Collagenius or on their Mag Breakthrough or any of the other amazing products that they have. I've got one more sponsor, but we'll save that for the mid-episode break. I don't want to delay you any further. That's my morning routine. I'm kind of curious what you guys think. Oftentimes after that, I make the kids breakfast, make some really, really great bacon, some grass-fed beef, maybe some free-range eggs, kind of get all that going. And then I'll head to the gym or I'll, I'll get to work. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Mr. J.W. Ross of Botanic Tonics, the company that has provided one of the greatest nervous system balancing agents I've found. Feel free. J.W. Ross, do you go by J.W. or Jerry? Go by J.W. J.W. Welcome to the Holistic OBGYN podcast. Thanks for having me on. We haven't seen each other since Paul Check's birthday, who's a mutual friend. I know he loves your product. We're going to be talking a lot about Botanic Tonics, your company, and this product in particular, Feel Free, which has been a game changer for my wife and I, but I had never heard of it until Paul. I think he gave us a bottle, and then I went back to his birthday, and I didn't think much of it because he gives me all kinds of stuff, but we went back, and it was sitting all over his birthday party. And I don't know if it was the quality of people there or if they were all sipping feel free, but everybody was pretty well lubricated. People felt pretty good that day. And there was no alcohol anywhere at that party. It was like the healthiest group of 100 people I'd ever seen in one room. But we're going to talk a little bit about feel free. Real quickly, for people who don't know who you are, you've got an interesting background. And I want to talk a little bit about how you formulated this. I know it's a story you've told 100 times, but it gets better every time you tell it. So who are you, JW? And what is this little blue tonic I'm holding in my hand? So it's been a, I'm not a, I didn't set out to be in consumer packaged goods. And this truly was something that I developed for myself to solve some issues that I was having. But, you know, I started out in the oil and gas business in the early 80s. And I didn't really, I don't know that I, you know, as a kid growing up, it's not that I liked oil and gas or anything, but I noticed that my friends parents that were in the business seemed to have all the stuff that I thought success meant, you know, the cars and the big house, plane, (laughs) all that kind of stuff. Wow. And I thought, well, that's how you get that. That's how you become successful. And I, a couple of good friends of mine, you know, their dads, I really kind of started bugging them and they became mentors to me. And I spent quite a bit of time with them, you know, learning about the business while at the same time I went to work just in the fields as a laborer right out of high school. And the great thing is they taught me a tremendous amount. They expanded my mind on what I could and couldn't do. But the bad side of it was both of them were very high-functioning alcoholics. And that group overall, kind of like that show Dallas, you know, very work hard, play even harder, lots of drama, you know, all that. And that's what I grew up thinking this is what life should be, you know, is this kind of dysfunctional life. Yeah. And the first time I tried alcohol, I'd always been, I grew up in a family that was not close at all. You know, there's no, you know, I love you. There's no hugging. None of that just really wasn't. I don't blame it at my, where I wound up because of that, but it just was never, you know, never a loving family, even generations back from what I can tell. So I grew up with very poor social skills and I didn't feel comfortable around other people, large groups of people, even just in personal relationships, very little to no empathy, very little to no compassion. But the first time that I took a sip of alcohol, 
I went from feeling uncomfortable in my own skin to feeling like the life of the party. Yeah. yeah. It was love at first sight. And as I continue to rise up and have, you know, more and more success, um, the alcohol consumption kind of mirrored that. And at some point it actually went ahead of it to the point that, you know, I reached where I was as far as what I thought success was, you know, hundreds of times more, the huge house, the cars, the planes, you know, boats, all this stuff. And I was sitting in my house, 17,000 foot house, had a party going on, four or 500 people in the house. And I was sitting in the bedroom by myself and I just felt totally miserable and alone, even though, you know, I was consuming alcohol and, and some other things too. Things just kept getting worse from there. And that led to an intervention, which then led to me going to Atlanta and doing a 90-day inpatient treatment at a facility there. For alcoholism, specifically? For alcoholism, yeah. The facility was interesting because probably one of the more interesting experiences of my life because the facility focused on commercial airplane pilots and oh, doctors. Wow. Yeah. Two of the professions with the highest proclivity for addiction yeah. disorders. Mm -hmm. And just the stories of, you know, the links that people in their levels of addiction would go to and, it's, and, the, and the risk that they put other people into by putting their substance abuse in front of that. It's just mind-blowing. But I think in a weird way, that was good for me because I could see these other, what looked like successful people in their professions that were struggling with the same thing I was. And then also just seeing the absurdity of what they were doing, you know, getting on planes blasted with 200 people in the plane, going into the operating room, and operating on people while being intoxicated or yeah, on drugs. Yeah, right. And just, you know, the results of the, you know, some of the things, bad things that happened as a result of that. But it was a real eye opener for me. But I think, you know, what the treatment itself was wonderful. The counselors, all that. It wasn't really what caused me, I think, for it to work because I haven't had a drink since then, which was 12 years ago now. What happened was that we were, I was living with three doctors in a condo there on the campus. And at one night we were watching TV and the movie, The Beautiful Mind came on with Russell Crowe about Robert Nash, the genius that was schizophrenic. And this is towards the end of the movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, he's walking along with his arch nemesis. And the guy goes, well, it looks like you're doing better. Do you still see them? And he looks over. And of course, they're walking along, waving at him. And he looks back at him. And just the look he had on his face was, yes, I still see them. But I've learned not to engage with them. And for some reason, in that moment, it dawned on me that I was the same as he is. He may have a little bit more severe form of it in that he's seeing things, but I'm hearing things. I'm hearing these things in my mind telling me I can do this and that, whatever, and I can't because I've tried it a million times and it's not working. But I keep telling myself I can do it, and I'm listening to those voices. So in a way, I'm just as bad as he is. And then, you know, the great thing about being in an environment like that, for the first time in my life, I wasn't working that I could remember since I was like 14 years old. And I was able to really think about myself 
versus just for productivity. And what I realized was that I had lived my life to that point, believing everything I thought and not only believing it, but acting on it. So if I thought something, it automatically was true and I would take it and run with it. And I had a, I don't know where I picked it up, but I had this crazy concept of that. I prided myself on making fast decisions, which, you know, now after studying neuroscience, I realize is the last thing you need to be doing. Yeah. It's like acting from like a judgment, a space of judgment. Like, here's what I've gathered. I'm going to go for it as opposed to feeling your way through. Yeah. Using the old brain versus the new brain. Right. right. The old brain is important. It's fight or flight, reptilian brain. But the new brain is where all the real knowledge is stored. The problem with it is it's an it's incredible, it can hold an incredible amount of data, but it's a very slow processor. So if you make a decision fast, you're making that off fight or flight. And I saw something during that time that was an example of that. They said if someone sends you an email and it's a heated, you know, email or something, you know, kind of charging, just fire a response off, but then just set it in your Draft. Draft it. Yeah. Come back the next day and open that email up and read what you wrote. And I started doing that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I'm responding this way. In some cases, it was very clear I was responding to something that they didn't even say. They really didn't. I could tell the intent after, or my mind had processed it and said, you can do this differently and not escalate this. And it, Prove to me that, and I still do it on occasion every once in a while, just to prove to me that neuroscience is very valid. <laughs> That's what's happening. You know, what's concerning to me is I wish they would teach this type of stuff in school because I think, you know, a big part of the issues that people are having in society is that they're running around like I was making fast decisions. They're thinking with the old brain and not really taking advantage of the new brain. Yeah. I remember reading something recently. I'm trying to find it here. Thinking is a sense organ for concepts and ideas. That really stuck with me. I study anthroposophic medicine. That's going to be my third board specialty. And, you know, the work of Rudolf Steiner and some of the Christian mystics and a lot of the Eastern philosophies, they kind of get this in a more natural way, whereas we've come to it in reverse. And we're like, oh, crap, the way that we're responding is from a part of our self that is not really what we want to say or do. But it's this reflexive thing that we've, you know, probably become habituated to. And I think well, like I said, you know, there was a real reason for having that. Maybe not as much today as when we, you know, first started, humans first started. Fight or flight was very important. <laughs> it's either that or you don't make it. You know, you had to make a quick decision of whether, you know, am I going to engage here or am I going to, you know, cut a trail? Yeah, that's right. Because, because your life depended on, it, you know, but that's all that it's really doing. It's not taking into account your knowledge. It's not taking into account empathy, not taking into account compassion or anything else. It's strictly about survival. Sure, sure. And absolutely. That's a pretty dangerous way to live your life. Right. Especially in modern times where not everything is necessarily a threat, but you're responding as if this is going to crush you. Yeah. So, you know, I came out of treatment and started life what I'd call my second life. And I, it was a much better life, but I still, I was as if I had never developed socially. I was still like a, a young child <laughs> and I felt, you know, squirrely and weird and all that. And so basically I 
pretty much isolated myself other than interactions at work. I didn't really interact with anybody else. And I was, I guess what they call a dry drunk. I wasn't really happy. And because of that, I decided that, you know, this is not going to work long term. If I don't figure this out, I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing before because what I'm doing now, even though it's better, is not sustainable. And so I went off on this tangent of trying to find something to replace alcohol that didn't give me all the downside of alcohol. And I, I'm a research fanatic. So I started with researching the last several thousand years, what different you know societies have used around the world for social lubrication. And I found all these plants and I went out and I gathered them up, different strains from all around the world and started experimenting with them to begin with just by themselves. At the same time, I went into the market and I tried everything that was legal in the market that's labeled a euphoric. None of that seemed to do hardly anything for me or anything at all. And then I tried all the illegal stuff. And almost all that did too much or it had unintended consequences. I wasn't really looking for something that I felt so good that I didn't feel like driving a car or couldn't get off the couch or had issues the next day. I was looking for something that, you know, I could use throughout the day and feel good and feel socially open, but not inebriated. Yeah. And I couldn't find it. Let's pause there. So I live in Kentucky in Louisville, where bourbon is like king. And I don't know if I've been to a single group gathering in which people weren't drinking one thing after another in order to, and the stuff kind of is like dry at first, and then it starts kind of picking up as people become lubricated. Mm -hmm. I will also say that when I was in medical school, you know, I was like 26. I had, I was an Ironman distance triathlete. I looked good. I felt good. I had these abs and back muscles and everything. I could drink and eat whatever I wanted, although I was still pretty healthy with my selections. But beer, you know, you go to the bar and there's like 40 beers on tap and you and your friends might sit there and have two or three beers. It was just a thing we did. But there was one guy of our group, there were six of us. One guy, he was born in India. He grew up in the United States and he always chuckled. He's like, nobody in the United States can ever get together without having an alcoholic beverage in their hand. Mm -hmm. So this social awkwardness that you're describing, I think you've done a good job putting language to it, but why do you think people, obviously people use these social lubricants around the world, but why in the United States are we driven towards alcohol? Like where does this social awkwardness come from? Yeah, it's fascinating to me because actually there's a handful that are the main ones around the world and alcohol being one of those that started, you know, 3,000 years or so ago. and of all of them, alcohol is the outlier. All the rest of them, as far as how they were used in their native societies, were not processed. They were like teas and what have you. Sure. Alcohol is actually very highly processed. Alcohol is a junk food. Yeah, yeah. And then what you just said, I don't know how many times I've run into someone and they'll start telling me how healthy they are. You know, and all what they do and their routines and they don't put junk food in their body and they got a drink in front of them. And I'm like, that is one of the most highly processed foods that you could consume. It's loaded with sugar, but they don't connect the dots. Because it's been so normalized. Yeah. The reason they don't connect the dots is it's in birthdays. It's in holidays. It's like it's ingrained deeply into our society, much like. These other 
social lubricators are in the societies that they came up in. But the problem of it is, is that because alcohol is so highly processed, it has unintended consequences. And those unintended consequences are both physical and social. This recently has been even more deeply ingrained into me because I just came back from a trip to Vanuatu and the Pacific Islands on sourcing the kava, which we use. And there was a group of businessmen there. There was a Frenchman that has extensive holdings throughout Pacific Islands. And we were talking about the subject. And he goes, yeah, you know, he goes, I have interest in these different areas. And he said, it's dramatic. The areas that primarily have alcohol versus the areas that primarily have kava. The alcohol areas, higher violence, higher crime, much more aggressive in the areas where Kabe is. He goes, they still have a good time, but they're very quiet. You can leave your doors open. He goes, it's just completely different. And then I had a friend of mine that I was talking to. He has 20 Kaba bars in Florida, and he also has 30 alcohol bars. And he said the same thing. He said, it's like night and day. He goes, in the alcohol bars, you got fights. You know, somebody pinches somebody's ass. There's always some kind of drama going on. He said in the comic bars, people are laughing and having a good time, but they're playing games. They're quieter. He said it's just completely different. He said he's selling his alcohol bars and putting more comic bars in. Yeah, yeah. And what I think I figured out, it's taken a while, and Paul Cech was probably the first one that pointed this out to me, is that kava and alcohol are social lubricants, but they do it in a different way. Alcohol amplifies you. You know, liquid courage, it makes you louder, it makes you more forceful, it makes you know, and then when you get a room of people like that, it's almost like a sparring match. Whereas kava, it calms you down, it quietens all that noise inside of you, and then opens you up to being able to listen and really engage with the people around you. And the first time that Paul tried it, his comment to me was, I said, what do you think? And he goes, what's well, a heart opener? And I remember myself, I cringed when he said that. I'm like, that's kind of a hippy-dippy <laughs> But what he was explaining was that it allows you to open your heart up and have more meaningful relationships and conversations with people. And I think that's exactly what's going on. That's the difference. And I think from a physical standpoint, because it's not highly processed, your body can handle it much more readily. I mean... Probably one of the best examples of that is coca leaves and cocaine. Coca is a wonderful plant. Coca leaves have been used for centuries. People use it their entire life, no social, physical issues. Then we come along and we take gasoline and we extract two of the 52 alkaloids and create something that Mother Nature never intended. You're able to get thousands of times more of those two alkaloids in your system than you ever could chewing the leaves. And... Here comes all the social issues, the physical issues. And they were like, well, why did that happen? It's like, because it wasn't meant to be that way. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's about getting high now. It's not about having, you know, a better life. Right. It's about escaping, really. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And when I, God, there's a couple of things I want to bring up before we move on. But the first thing is that... This idea of heart opening, you know, when you were talking about the way that people become belligerent on alcohol, I'm from Pittsburgh, and there's a stretch of bars in Pittsburgh on the south side of Pittsburgh where, you know, they used to say it's the longest stretch of bars in the United States. Who knows if that was true? 
But anything over a certain threshold, and you're like, that's a lot of bars in a row. And it's about 20 blocks of bars that are serving bottom shelf alcohol. You're in there to kind of get ripped, and then hopefully you're going home to sleep with somebody. But what happens is, in the state of Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, at 2 o'clock in the morning, it is a hard stop on selling alcohol. So at 2 a.m. in every single bar in that strip, Journey comes on, which we all are familiar with. It's the closing music. You got to go home. You don't have to go home. You can't stay here. And about 5,000 people on a Friday night, they dump out onto the streets of the South Side. It's called East Carson Street. And they are just looking to fuck something up. They didn't get laid that night, or maybe they're still working on this girl or whatever. And I'm talking about men because men are the ones that are oftentimes the most violent, of course. And you watch it, and it's almost as if they're under a spell. And you don't see that with a lot of other social lubricants. You know, I certainly don't feel that way with Feel Free. I've used every drug out there. And, you know, Molly, MDMA, ecstasy, those, that category, those amphetamines, Mm -hmm. even those don't make you want to fight. In fact, we've been to concert with 50,000 people. You know, there are people that are drinking there, but you as a person who is not drinking, but you're perhaps on one of these synthesized MDMA or whatever, which of course it's synthesized, but we'll get to that in a second. There is nothing that could happen that would make you want to fight somebody. You just want to embrace everybody. And that's actually, I think, what Feel Free does without the side effects of the amphetamine. So there's that. And my company is called Beloved Holistics. We're considering the entire health of a person, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. And a big part of my training is you can take every supplement in the world. And there are some really good supplement companies out there. I don't want to knock them. But it's not a replacement for whole food. You can't get vitamin A toxicity eating cow liver. It's a whole vehicle with some vitamin A and with a bunch of other wonderful things. But the point being that when we extract something the way that nature intended it, we're going to get a variety of different consequences. And the other component of this is kratom. I did mm-hmm. quite a bit of research because people were like, but isn't kratom, kratom, kratom so bad? Because there's people that are, you know have a history of opioid addiction using kratom and they associate it with the drugs are bad kind of thing. But when you look at actually what the literature shows, what they're doing is taking these alkaloids and other extracts from the whole vehicle, and then they're giving it in high doses to mice, and they're drawing conclusions from that. So it's really, really hard to go wrong whenever nature has put these things together for us. It's when we start to mess around and muck up nature that we end up with these unintended consequences. Exactly. I mean, you look at, you know, Google Kratom, and it'll scare you to death, but all the basis of that is they use the exact same process that they use with coca leaves to make cocaine. They take the kratom leaves and they extract a couple alkaloids out of it using either solvents or CO2, and they create something that's about getting high. And it's, again, you're able to get thousands of times more of it in your body in a short period of time, and that's going to cause issues. Absolutely. That's why, you know, when I was formulating this, you know, doing it for myself, it was fortunate that I took the time to really understand. And actually, it was in Southeast Asia and watched how they were using it. My thought was, if, if this society has been using it for several thousand years and they don't have problems with it, right? I need to try to leave it, do it exactly like they're doing and use it in its whole form versus, you know, all these things that we're doing here in the West. And there is a huge difference. Yeah, totally. 
Before this interview, you know, I tend to be a bit of a research junkie as well, sometimes to my detriment, because it's like if you get too heady about what the data shows, you sometimes miss out on the opportunity to, to experience it for yourself and to kind of come in with an open mind and open heart. Having said that, I've tried it, and there's been a lot of critics about the dangers of kratom and this and that. It activates certain receptors in the body, not exactly the way that opiates do. Opioids is the term we use for the synthesized class for anybody listening. That's the oxycodones, the hydrocodones, the fentanyl, etc. Opiates would be as close to heroin as you can possibly get or the original poppy plant, the opium. But, you know, nowadays we know that people are abusing opioids. And now that kratom is associated with opioids, people naturally have this tendency to say it must be bad and dangerous. When you look at the literature, they're using, like you said, these extracts. They're giving it to mice, etc. in high doses. And they're getting these bad effects. One factor I did want to present was that there was a big review article of all the available literature on Kratom as an analgesic, but also as a social, what do they call it, recreational drug or something, you know. And they found that opioids still carry about a thousand times higher risk of mortality than Kratom. So the big difference is, is that the reason people overdose on opioids is they stop breathing. Right. Right. And they stop breathing because it has a respiratory suppressing component to it. You don't find that in kratom. In natural kratom, there is no respiratory suppressant. So I've never seen anything anywhere or heard anybody say anything about someone ODing on fully kratom. I actually don't think it's possible because it's not going to make you stop breathing. You could take enough of it that you feel toxic, but... It's not going to, you know, it's not going to kill you. That's the problem I have with a lot of these synthetics is, and now that I've really gotten into this and we have our own R&D department and all that, some of these synthetics, opioids, they actually know the components in them that cause the real issues and they choose not to remove them. Mm. So it's not a, to me, is you know, criminal. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> okay, let's take a very, very brief pause here in the episode. I do want to get right back to JW because he is a wealth of knowledge and life experience. But I do have to tell you about one of our other sponsors. Remember, without our sponsors, we can't make the show possible. BirthFit is completely in alignment with how I run things over here at Beloved Holistics. They not only provide pregnancy and postpartum-specific lifestyle and exercise programs, they also have this B community where it's, it's a community made by women for women to go in there, share insights, share stories, share experiences, answer other people's questions. We can't do anything alone, even though we've been you know, sort of conditioned to silo ourselves off. You need community to have the optimal pregnancy and postpartum experience. So their B community is open to you as a listener for one month free if you use code BELOVED at birthfit.com. And I think it does help to tell you a little bit about what BirthFit does. So if you were to go to the gym and say, I'm pregnant, I want to exercise, a lot of doctors and everybody else are going to say, oh, I don't know about exercise and pregnancy. You've suddenly become a pumpkin that can't exercise. You can't do anything for yourself when you're pregnant, right? You've experienced that if you're a woman or if you're even a, a man who has a, a woman in their life who's been pregnant. Fortunately, most personal trainers are doing the right thing because they have no idea how to coach you whether you're in the pregnancy or postpartum space. They have no clue what to offer. They're going to apply the same principles to you as they have to the 27-year-old CrossFit dude who was just their client previously that day. So if you're looking for specific personalized coaching from experienced 
coaches and exercisers who know the experience of being pregnant, know how to customize these programs, not only to keep you from getting gestational diabetes, but to help you live your most optimal golden time while you're pregnant, which is what it could and should be. They do this through nervous system supported general strength and conditioning. They provide human movement foundational education. They provide core and pelvic floor basics. This is a comprehensive prenatal training program, and you're going to get all of that at birthfit.com. If you want to check out their community, again, use code BELOVED. You can join their B community for one month free. In addition to the community they put together there, you're going to get regular talks from renowned experts. I'm going to be coming up on their programming as well. Not that I think I'm a renowned expert. It was actually quite an honor and privilege, I think, to be invited to do that. But the types, the caliber of the guests that they bring into that community, it's just, this is one of a kind. So go to birthfit.com, check them out, support our sponsors because they keep this show running. Let's get back now to my conversation with Mr. J.W. Ross. I love the fact that you've developed a product, you've done all this research, you've come from a space of being, you know, as you described, socially awkward. You needed a sort of a replacement as a social lubricant. I think Feel Free does a really nice job of that. Before we get into the actual benefits and how people might use this tonic, which is called Feel Free, guys, you can go to botanictonics.com. It's this little blue bottle. And JW will probably echo this. Start with a half of a bottle and see how you feel, or even a third of a bottle and just see yeah, how it I'll feels. Start with between a third and a half. Yeah. Otherwise, I have had people that get a little, not nauseated, but they just feel a little bit grumbly in their tumbly, so to speak. So before we get into that, I want to ask you a little bit about when you came across these agents and you started experimenting with kava, you've told some stories about how you used kava with some natives. I'm guessing in Indonesia. Is that right? Yeah. My actual first experience with Kava was even back when I was still drinking. I was, God, I guess it's probably 35 years ago now. I took a trip with a bunch of guys to Vanuatu, which is most people never heard of Vanuatu. It's between Fiji and New Zealand, a group of about 80 islands. And we went, somehow wound up, it's just a party fest, but somehow we wound up on one of the most remote islands there, and we were invited by the village chief to have a kava ceremony. And this was the old school way of doing it, which the way that it was done for the longest time was that the children during the day... So kava is a shrub that grows throughout the Pacific Islands. It's in the pepper family. And the pepper they harvest family. the roots is where the active ingredient comes from. and old school, what they would do is the kids during the day would sit around and chew the roots and then they would spit it into containers and the men at night, and it was only for men, would drink it. And the saliva helped make it more bioavailable. Interesting. So there's probably some early digestion amylase or whatever was starting to already digest it. It's interesting. Yeah. It started breaking it down so that it would hit faster. And that's the way that I had it. It tasted god-awful. But I remember having a really good time. And that kind of, you know, lodged in my mind. But I went back to my drug of choice, which is alcohol, and kind of, you know, it lodged way back there somewhere. Was it the green kava? Is that the variety? Because I heard you say that before. I actually think you told me that when we met at Paul Check's birthday, we were talking about the flavor profile, because it is a little confronting for people. You've done a nice job of masking that with a little pineapple, if I recall. 
but I can imagine straight green kava, the way you've described it, pretty gnarly. However, I will also say when you had that first sip of beer as a kid, at least for me, I was like, what the fuck are you drinking, dad? Like, <laughs> When people say something, I'm like, you know, what about when the first time you had scotch or the first time you had gin? You can't tell me that that tasted good. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. And I think we see the same thing, you know, with kava is that, you know, after you drink it a while, it becomes something you actually, you know, look forward to. Now, how much of that's your mind knowing you know, the reward thing that's coming? Or I know myself, I mean, I actually enjoy the taste of it now. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. We'll talk a little bit about that because I had a couple of stories to share when people do first try this, but it is no different from a person trying, let's say, bourbon. I mean, bourbon or scotch, like the whiskeys, that burning sensation, like yeah. it tastes like you're drinking gasoline, but then you acquire that taste and then it becomes ritualistic. You start to enjoy the yeah. flavor. So let me go back to some of the stories I've heard you talk about in some of these ceremonies around kava. I've heard you describe it. I can't pinpoint where I heard it, but you described it as we were up all night, you know, howling with the wolves. Do you recall that part of your story? Yeah, it was that trip to Tana Vanuatu, and we drank, you know, massive amounts of it throughout the night. And I can remember, you know, sun coming up, and we were having just a wonderful time. And we were like in a very wild, remote place, and it was just, you know, it was just in a very, very kind of a once in a lifetime experience. And it was also interesting because they speak kind of a pidgin, you know, English. And when it started, we couldn't communicate at all. It's kind of, you know, uh, and hand signals. And it seemed like by the end of the night, we were all just, you know, like we'd known each other forever, telling stories and, you know, laughing. And it was really interesting how, you know, we just kind of blended together. And when I was there a few weeks ago, I went back to that uh, same area to try to see if I could find any of those guys. And I couldn't reconnect with any of them. When you were in this ceremony, I'm imagining that it's kind of like a cacao ceremony, only because I don't know if I have necessarily a lot of context. But when it is served, is this in a private space where there's only a couple people, a very intimate gathering? It's called a nakamal, and a nakamal, and it's usually located. I mean, the main ones I've been on, they're located like out on the beach or close to a beach, and they're a thatched roof, you know, just sand or you know soil floor with mat, you know, woven mats down. And there is really a ceremony to it. I mean, you know, the process of drinking it, it's almost like a tea ceremony or something. You know, there's one person serving it and it gets passed to each person. And there's a lot of tradition and meaning behind it. You know, we did a college ceremony when I was there. We took a film group from uh, public television that's doing a documentary on Kaba. Oh, no kidding. I took them to a Nakamal and we did a Kava ceremony. It was just now that I know more about, you know, it was interesting watching them because most of them it's the first time they've ever tried it. And then just watching people that night, how they changed and just, you know, how pleasant it was. It's, uh, you know, very low lighting, watching the stars and just, you know, a very beautiful experience. Not a lot of dancing and singing and drumming or anything like that. Very quiet and reserved. Oh, that's interesting. So as the night goes on, does stuff start lighting up? Like people just start kind of getting cuddlier or they just kind of start feeling it more. And then before you know it, the sun's up. (laughs) What I see is that I think 
I know for myself, I walk around inside my head. It's about me, me, me. And it seems to shut that off to a large degree. And then I'm really listening to the people around me. I'm really engaging with them. I'm really feeling for them or about them. And it's just a much, much more personal experience because it's not about me and what I'm going to say next and, you know, what I'm going to think and what are they going to think. And it's about, you know, really trying to me, it's about having compassion and empathy for whoever's around you. Yeah. And it allows me to do that, which I can't seem to do on my own. Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back to the very beginning of the conversation. So many of us have these intimacy issues. We don't want to be close. Maybe it's a part of our toxic masculinity, the way we were raised in a household, maybe where there was not a lot of hugging and kissing and words of affirmation, et cetera. But then when you meet a new person in the United States in particular, and you haven't maybe done some deep interpersonal work, you may find that I'm afraid of being judged. I mean, you're a good looking man. You've got an incredible history. You've got this incredible business. But still, you meet somebody new. It doesn't matter how tall, big, what their sex is. It doesn't matter. It makes us feel like we're going to be judged. And so the alcohol helps us ease into that. But Feel Free does that in a different way. I'll share, you know, my experience is not even just that I, I'm a pretty social guy. You might already have gathered that, but I can get (laughs) the party going. I'm a pretty, you know, I feel confident in how I look and how I perform and blah, blah, blah. But... I am a sort of a task rabbit. Like I will constantly be trying to find some time to get another thing done. And what ends up happening is I become agitated because I maybe didn't get this stuff done earlier. And now I'm trying to be with my little girls, two and a half and 10 months old, or my wife. And I have this very low threshold to react angrily. Mm -hmm. But when I use feel free, I don't have that impulse. It's like it's coming in. I can observe it. And then I just let it pass. And it's this really beautiful thing, especially like with in-laws or somebody like that, where I have a long history of loving them, but also like simultaneously just being so triggered by them, where you can just have them come into the house and they just float past you. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because early on, I had a woman call me from Austin and she had ordered the product online. And she called me. She said, I just want to, you know, talk to you about this. I'm like, you know, what's this going to be? And she's like, she goes, I ordered it. She goes, I tried it. She goes, I like it. But she said, what I'm calling you about is my husband. And I said, well, you know, what's the deal? And she said, well, she goes, I gave some to my husband. I didn't tell him what it was. I was telling him it was a, you know, a wellness shot. And she said that he went in right when he came in from work, charged up. She said he went in and was on his phone or his computer doing, you know, still working. And said, then she said, I heard him laughing. I have two little girls, the girls laughing. And she said, in a little bit, the girls came in and said, you know, mommy, what's wrong with daddy? And she said, well, what are you talking about? She said, well, he's down the floor, he's rolling around and he's engaging with us. He doesn't have his phone out. And at this point, she was almost in tears. I could hear her voice cracking and, you know, and she said, you know, when we got married, that's the way that he was. And she said, over time, he's turned into this obsessed workaholic. And she said, you know, pardon my French, kind of an asshole. <laughs> and really disengaged from the family. She goes, she goes, and what I see is that you have brought my husband back. Wow. And by then, I was tearing up. It's like it was a very, very 
emotional conversation. And she said, I just wanted to call you and let you know and to say thanks. And it's like, I hung out from that. And I was like, how does it get any better than this? <laughs> I mean, the money's one thing. You know, that's you got, Everybody's got to have that. But to have someone unsolicited reach out and tell you that and to know that, you know, you had a part in that. Yeah, that's special. That's what life's about. And then since then, I've had literally hundreds of those. Very similar, different versions of that. Yeah, one big thing I do, JW, with my clients, I have a lot of people come to me for fertility help. And I don't see fertility as just a physical thing. Like, we can force your body to get pregnant, but what about the other work that has to happen? You know, on the mental level, the negative self-talk, for example, or the emotional level, how are you managing the stressors in your life? Is your attention being put towards the right activities in order to foster an environment that seems suitable for a baby to be in your womb and to eventually enter your life with your partner. And this is for the male and the female. And then on the spiritual level, what is your connection to something bigger than yourself? You know, when we get so caught up in this productivity task rabbit kind of way of living, we forget about the big picture stuff. So oftentimes I'll ask them to write like, I need you to write a mission statement. You and your partner are going to write a mission statement together about what this baby means to you. You're going to call in the spirit of this baby. And it may sound woo-woo to people, but this is actually my technique, and it works 90% of the time, even for people who've gone... I've never thought about that, but it makes perfect sense. I mean, it... Well, given everything we've talked about up until now in this conversation, imagine how confronting it is for a, a partnership. They've got 20 years of history, and they've never actually sat face-to-face and stopped and let the other person share. And then you're going to stop and you're going to share. And there's this real communion. That's actually a part of the conscious conception piece that I work with. But what I do is I say, I want you to take one of these bottles. I want you to each take a half. And then I want you to wait maybe 20, 30 minutes. And then I want you to write your mission statement together. No TV, no radio, just sit on the floor, cross-legged, and you're going to write this. And this is so helpful because they may have not felt that. They may have, may have not felt that openness, that open-heartedness, you know, the ability to be vulnerable for who knows how long, decades perhaps. So maybe the first time in their life. So I know that I'm tooting your horn here, but this has become a daily part of my practice in order to just not be an asshole, <laughs> to say the very least, but also to just be able to engage and be productive without losing track of the big picture. No, that's, again, that's what I hear from so many people. It's a one, you know, and it's not just that, you know, my entire family consumes it, friends consume it. It has really helped me have real relationships that I don't think for the longest part of my life that I really ever had. Yeah, 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 totally. Well, let's actually get to the, you know, I want to be respectful of your time. Let's get to like the bare bones, the product that we're talking about is called Feel Free, comes in these little bottles. It's got some kratom, some kava, and you've, I believe it's blended in with a little bit of pineapple juice, some stevia, and some mm -hmm. natural flavors. It comes in one of these little three ounce bottles. How do you want people to start using it if they want to try this? It's a 10 to one kava over kratom blend. And again, it's not using synthetic or high concentration extract of uh, kratom, it's a full leaf. Because of that, it has a lot of sediment in it. So you want to be sure when you get it that you shake it really good. The first time you use it, I wouldn't consume, you know, over one half. I'd even start with a third just to see, you know, how it feels. People ask about what time of day to use it. The two primary things that I see that people are using this for 
are a caffeine and an alcohol replacement. And I know that sounds like two totally different things, but the Kratom is productivity enhancement endurance. The Kava is the heart opening, you know, that social, that side of it. So when you put both of them together, you get the benefits of both of them. And you get kind of this wavy feeling in between. I call it chilled energy. Chilled energy. Yeah. Yeah. I call it kind of a flow state, really. That's how I feel. You and I were sharing about this before we started recording. I can put my head down and work, but like the music sounds better. I feel a lot better doing the work without being high. There's not really a euphoria. It's just an acceptance, a surrender to the process. And that's a really beautiful thing to do, you know, on a regular basis. So most people wind up consuming it early in the day for productivity enhancement and let's consume it in the evenings for the social lubrication, kind of letting your hair down. We recommend, you know, not consuming more than one bottle per day. And, you know, early on, because no one had ever mixed these plants together, one of the things I did was that I wanted to make sure that, you know, it wasn't going to cause any physical issues before I gave it to other people. And I took what I would call abusive levels of it for an extended period of time. And I checked my blood chemistry versus my annual blood chemistry. I didn't see any elevation in liver enzymes or blood sugar and that kind of stuff. I didn't like the way I was, I felt. I felt a little toxic taking that much of it, but I didn't see any physical negative signs other than that. So most people take it, you know, like I said, you know, smaller amounts throughout the day. And, you know, one of the main questions that people ask me is, is it addictive? And my response is that from my experience, anything that you can become dependent on anything that makes you feel good, whether that be sugar, alcohol, caffeine, sex. I mean, there's a lot of different things. You know, if it makes you feel good and different people have different triggers, you can become dependent on it. So it's really about moderation and not over consuming it. And we've not seen anybody, and we're serving now close to a million servings a month. We've not seen anybody that took it in moderation have any issues with it. Right, right. Yeah, I'll add to that, that, you know, a lot of people have heard about Kratom because in their state, you can't get cannabis. For example, in Kentucky, it's illegal to sell or grow cannabis. I think it's still the rule. I don't really pay attention to many rules, but that's one I'm almost certain about because you can't buy, it's not like they have a CBD and cannabis store dispensary in every corner like they did in Southern California when I was out there. Because if they did, if it was legal, they'd have it everywhere. So something like this, you can find it in head shops and smoke shops and whatnot because it has Kratom and Kratom is often sold in these types of stores. One thing I will say about the Kratom you're buying you know, otherwise is that again, back to what we were saying about these extractions, this is a synthesized perverted version of Kratom. This is not the leaves in whole form. I went a step farther. I did the Kratom extracts for a period of time and I did the same thing. I checked my blood chemistry and within 45 to 60 days, I saw elevation liver enzymes. So that, you know, cemented in my mind that there is a huge difference and, you know, you think about it logically, there should be. If you're taking something that has 53 alkaloids and you're turning it now into two and you're taking 10,000 times more, you should have a different result. Yeah. And the thing is, we're just scratching the surface on what all those other alkaloids really do. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, that's the main reason why we put, you know, our R&D facility and hired, you know, some of the best scientists in the country is I want to get to the bottom of what are all these other alkaloids doing? And what's even more fascinating than that is different strains have different ratios of them. <laughs> so they do different things. You get different experiences, very, very similar to cannabis and the different strains of cannabis. So kind of dialing in what is the right ratio for, you know, so part of that's going to be we're working on other versions of Feel Free that have different functions to them. We have one that's we're getting close on. It's a, probably the best natural sleep aid I've ever seen. Really? Eight hours of good sleep, wake up the next day, not drug at all. And I mean, it's pretty amazing. And what I've come to realize is that there's a big segment of society currently that's having sleeping issues, which is probably one of the hardest things on your health of anything if you're not sleeping well. I want to ask you about the caps that you're developing. Is that the product that you're talking about? Yeah, no, the capsules are going to be the same exact formula. So as we talked about earlier, we've had a lot of people say, you know, I love the feeling, but I just can't stand the taste. Yeah, yeah. I can't get by the taste. So it will be launching next month capsule version, the exact same formula for those people that, that can't handle the taste. Yeah, I was telling you before we started recording, a friend of mine who's a massage therapist, I said, hey, take a half a bottle of this and I'll have the other half right before a massage that I was going to be getting from him later the day. And he took it. When I got there, I was getting undressed and getting in the bed. I was like, so how do you feel with that feel for? And he was like, I got to tell you, the numbness, like the tingling in my tongue, like it's not for me. Like he wasn't even able to get past that. I mean, maybe if I gave it to him again, you know, you'd have to like sort of rework his palate a little bit. But for people out there, if you get this and try it and you get that little, that, that taste, just work through that in the beginning. It is a little bit confronting and maybe some people are a little bit extra sensitive to that numbness and tingling. We were saying maybe it re reminds them of like an old root canal experience, you know, the Novocaine. But for many people, it's that first sip. And then after that, it's like, oh, it's not that bad. For most people, yeah. For most people, yeah. And you also mentioned shaking it up because if it's sitting on a shelf for a while, you get a pretty darn heavy, sludgy sediment right. in the bottom. So I shake the hell out of it. That sludgy part actually is the active ingredients. So you definitely want to make sure that it's mixed up because if not, that first half of the bottle is not going to have really anything in it. And the second half is going to knock your socks off. Wow. So That has happened for friends. That explains that a lot. What is the sleep aid? Is it a similar formulation or is it using? It is, yes. There's strains of these plants that are much more sedative. And that's what we're doing. We're using different strains that have different ratios of cobaloctones and alkaloids to create something that, you know, take it usually within 30, 45 minutes, you're ready to go to bed, sleep eight good hours and wake up and you feel like a dream. Yeah. Well, maybe when those products are ready, you can shoot some my way and yeah. we'll sell even more feel free. In fact, I'll send you some of the capsules now because we have okay. samples of that ready. So I'll get those shipped out to you. Amazing. Well, JW, we've been recording for an hour now. I want to be respectful. I know you're a busy man. Any final thoughts or comments? We'll definitely be putting in the show notes, botanictonics.com. My code is beloved40. You can save 40% on your purchase. It's an amazing product, guys. If you can't find it in a local fancy grocery store, you can just buy it online. Uh, make sure you use that code. Yeah, it's, it's available online. And it's also, I mean, the, the best way to buy it is using the code because of the price. But it's also, we're at about 7,000 stores now across <laughs> the U.S. And adding about Real fast. 
five, 600 stores a month. So yeah. you'll find it in grocery stores, spas, gyms, chiropractic offices, head shops, all kinds of things, all kinds of places. Yeah. Oh, one last thing that is important for me to mention about the experiences I've had, because I like to take something and let's try it in the morning. Let's try on an empty stomach. Let's try it at night before bed. And my wife and I really love the product. We both had a bottle around 10 p.m. And you don't want to do that. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) We kind of struggled with sleep. I will say that. But my rule is I don't have it within three hours of bedtime. Of bedtime. Yeah. Well, we learned that the hard way. What I will say is that most people report that they have deeper sleep. And we've actually had some athletes. We have a lot of professional athletes using it. I noticed that, yeah. Sleep studies and things. And they're getting better quality sleep when they're doing it. And I experienced that myself. And even more interesting is, and I've experienced this very much so and had a lot of other people saying is vivid dreams. Vivid dreams. Hmm. Yeah. Prior to consuming Feel Free, I don't really remember having any. I know we have them. We just don't remember them. But I have them every night now in just amazing dreams. And it that to me is just a wonderful bonus. Sure. Dreams are so interesting to me, how, you know, reality and not reality and everything else can get mixed together and anything can happen. Just, you know, icing on the cake. Right, right. Well, you know, despite it not allowing us to sleep right away, we also had some of the most incredible sex we've ever had. I don't know if you've had that report (laughs) back from other people, but it was like, we went for a couple hours, took a break, and then went back to it. And neither of us actually orgasm. We didn't climax, which was the weirdest thing. And then we struggled to fall asleep. Whether we were sexually frustrated or not is a confounding variable there. But anyways, it was really, really connecting. It was really intimate. It was just a really beautiful experience, apart from the fact that we struggled to fall asleep shortly thereafter. But yeah, anyway, so many uses for this product. I hope everybody can try it. If you want to find, feel free, go to botanictonics.com. My code is beloved 40 Final remarks, JW, read any good books or anything recently? Maybe a final thought to leave everybody with. As far as books go, one of my favorites, I talked about the neuroscience earlier, is a book, and I can't remember the author right now. It's, it's The Hour Between Dog and Wolf. Oh, interesting. And The Hour Between Dog and Wolf is written by a trader, a stock trader, that got into the study of neuroscience. But he tells it in a very layman's terms, which is what I need. and. Some of what I talked about earlier about the new brain, old brain, it was in there, but he presents practical examples of that, you know, in society. And it just all really connected to me. And it really is one of the things that really changed my life and kind of got me out of the cycle of making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Well, Now I'm going to have to add that to my reading list. Thank you for that. (laughs) JW, you've been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for giving me such a chunk of your day today. I hope we can stay in touch. My pleasure. My pleasure. We will send people your way. We'll get everybody taking a little kava, kratom tonic here in the near future. Thanks again. Cool. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in again. I like to think I'm doing a good job here because I bring people on like JW who can just riff. Like he knows his stuff. He's very, very conscious of how he uses language. He's very conscious about what he's able to promise. He gives you realistic expectations. But I can tell you with 100%, zero doubt that if you try Feel Free, you're not going to regret it. I use it when I know my 
family members or friends that kind of irk me a little bit, if they're going to be coming over and I'm not in like the right emotional or mental state to be able to listen to them and to respond, not reactively, but just to like hold the conversation with them, I'll take a half a bottle of feel free and a half hour to 45 minutes later, I'm really, really able to lean in there again without reacting, without, you know, mom, you always do this, whatever, you know, you know what I mean? So go to botanictonics.com, use code BELOVED40. You can save 40%. Heck, if you really want to try it, send me an email and I'll send you a little bottle for you to try. But you can get this at most smoke shops, a lot of fancy grocery stores, health conscious stores will sell feel free. It's a little harder here in Kentucky, but if you're out in like the LA, general California area, you're going to find feel free in most shops out there. So thanks again to our sponsors. Full Well Fertility makes the best prenatal vitamins. If you're considering having kids in the future, if you've already had kids, male or female, you can benefit from a really, really good multivitamin to provide an insurance policy to an already healthy lifestyle. Go to fullwellfertility.com, use code BELOVED10, you'll save 10% on your purchase of their multivitamins, their men's virility vitamins, their fish oil, their nervous nerves tonic. It's an incredible company. Please support them. Next, by Optimizers. I'm really into their sleep breakthrough, but their Collagenius is one of my favorite blends to, to mix into my coffee in the morning. It provides me with the glycine and the other, the collagen, the necessary ingredients that I, I want to get into my body early on in the day. So I know I'm most nourished throughout my entire workday. And it's a very busy, I have a very busy life with two little girls. I've got a wife. I've got friends and family I'm always taking care of. And I've got this podcast, my practice. I've got everything. So optimizing your nutrition is critical. Go to bioptimizers.com slash holisticobgyn and you can save 10% on your purchase there. And since we're speaking of, of nutrition, Organifi. Organifi makes this incredible green juice. It's a part of my morning routine. It includes spirulina, chlorella, ashwagandha, prebiotic powder, lemon, turmeric, moringa, coconut water, wheatgrass, red beet, matcha green tea. It is loaded with nutrition. Start your day off right. Go to Organifi.com slash beloved and you will not regret it. While you're there, pick up some of their gold latte. Right now, at the time of this podcast release, you can still get their gold chocolate latte, which is turmeric-rich, cacao-rich. It's amazing. It's an amazing evening beverage. So go to Organifi.com slash beloved. You'll save 20% on your purchase there. And then last but not least, BirthFit. They've got the B community. Women have created this community for other women who are going through this pregnancy and postpartum period, which is an incredibly challenging, but can be very, very much easier if you have community. If you have a question about pregnancy postpartum, there's inevitably somebody else who has that question. That's what the B community is all about. BirthFit is a company that provides comprehensive prenatal training through exercise, through education about your core and pelvic floor, helping to support your nervous system. It's really the whole package. So if you want to try their B community for one month free, go to birthfit.com, use code BELOVED. You'll get the month free and then it's $24.99 per month thereafter. You're not going to want to leave. It's such an amazing, an amazing platform they put together. I think that that's all I've got for this one. Thank you so much, JW, for coming on. Again, guys, I'm Nathan Riley, MD. I'm at the Holistic OBGYN. This is my podcast. Nothing I've said here is medical advice. If you want medical advice, go to belovedholistics.com. I have just launched my PRP fertility program. That's Patience, Reverence, and Presence Fertility Program. It is the only truly holistic and very comprehensive fertility program on the market. You're going to meet with me and seven other renowned practitioners, breath work. We've got metaphysical counseling. We've got a psychic medium. We've got a soma therapist. We've got a Chinese medicine doc. We've got a functional nutritionist. You're getting the whole package 
at a fraction of the cost of IVF. And it's a 60-day program. At the end of that, we're going to start planning for your pregnancy. Because even if you don't conceive naturally, if you go the route of IVF, you can be sure that you have a highest chance of getting pregnant the first try with IVF. And you might be cautious about that because you might end up with twins or triplets because your body is going to be operating on all cylinders, both you and your, your male partner. It is officially launched. Reach out if you want to grab a spot. What can I say? There's so much to say about it. When you sign up, you're going to get a box of goodies that includes a liver detox protocol from Quicksilver. You're going to get Dutch testing. We're going to do stool analysis. You're going to get vitamins. You're going to get supplements from a lot of the brands I've already mentioned. You're going to get some biogeometry tools, and you're going to get all of these incredible consultations. And I've only mentioned a fraction of what's included here. I want not to make money from this program. I want to demonstrate that there is something better out there than going to your reproductive endocrinologist and getting pumped full of synthetic hormones, and then possibly after that twelve dollars to $15,000 investment, being still left without pregnancy, without a baby in your belly. So you can find that at Beloved Holistics. I'm also going to be launching the Born Free Method course with Sarah Rosser, CPM, former farm midwife down in Tennessee. And we're putting together the only, we'll call it a childbirth education course, but it's far more than that. It starts with deconditioning you from the remembrance of your innate power by taking personal responsibility and assuming the responsibility for the outcomes of your decisions. It puts a great deal more power in your pocket from the moment you consider having kids during conception time all the way through the postpartum period. We're going to be providing you with everything there. It's part of a larger mission that we have, which will be called Born Free University. That will be coming out in the next couple months, but you can join my newsletter. You'll definitely be hearing about it first. Instagram, Nathan Riley OBGYN, TikTok, Nathan Riley OBGYN, Twitter, Holistic OBG Pod. And you can still sign up for private consultation with me. I do sell packages and I prioritize my package clients. And if you're a midwife, a doula, birth educator, et cetera, you can still join my collaborator program. Everything that I do is at belovedholistics.com. I will see you guys next time right back here on the Holistic OBGYN podcast. Take care, everyone, and happy new year. 